0: Welcome to Infinite Profit. My name is Cody Hill, a business coach, entrepreneur, and public speaker. Every episode, we bring in actual owners and entrepreneurs to discuss their business and give specific strategies in real time to help them get more leads, more conversions, and ultimately, Infinite Profit. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Today on Infinite Profit, I'm excited to have Sarah Ellis, owner of ICT Physical Therapy a mobile physical therapy practice. Sarah has her roots planted in Wichita. She attended Kansas State University in Manhattan, Kansas, where she obtained her bachelor's degree. Then Sarah headed back home to attend Wichita State University, where she received her doctorate in physical therapy. Sarah's been in Wichita ever since and absolutely loves meeting with and serving the people of Wichita and its surrounding areas. Sarah, welcome to Infinite Profit.
1: Thank you, Cody. Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm excited. I'm really excited to learn more about mobile physical therapy. And so I believe it is impossible to get the full picture of a business without also learning about the owner's motivation, dreams, and challenges. So we're going to dive right on into a section that I like to call It's All About You. I'd like to ask you a few questions, if that's all right. Sure. So when did you start your business and why?
1: October 2021 was when I officially launched it. Definitely took a few months leading up to that October point of being ready to, for ready to go. But I, yeah, launched it in October. And I think was the other question, why? Why did I? Yeah, do that? why did you do? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I had spent some years in a clinic, working in physical therapy. And then that time kind of ended. And then I spent some more time of doing some fill-in work at other clinics. And I love being a physical therapist, but I also loved creating my own schedule. When I was a fill-in, I kind of could say, yes, I can work today or no, I can't. And I realized that, wow, I love this better work-life balance. I love yeah. having more time for the things that I like because essentially it makes me a better therapist when I am on the clock. and. I realized, I want to do something that is the best of both worlds. I still want to be a physical therapist, but I also want to create my own schedule. And it seemed like the best way to do that was to be my own boss.
0: So that's why. Very cool. I love that. So maybe what is going to school for and getting a doctorate as a physical therapist? What does that entail?
1: A lot of work and a lot of coffee, but unfortunately (laughs) I'm not a coffee drinker, so that didn't even help me. Yeah, so you have to have your bachelor's degree to get into physical therapy school. So that's why I went to K-State first, did four years, got my bachelor's degree in biology. And then physical therapy school is another three years after your bachelor's degree because it's a doctorate program. And... The reason it's called a doctor program is because we actually get our clinical doctorate. So we spend all of our third year, almost all of our third year out in the clinic, working with physical therapists and having our own patients. And yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours. And the people that are going through it right now probably can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's <laughs> definitely worth it. And I'm glad I did it. But I'm also yeah. glad I'm not in it right now. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So would you mind, we're all familiar with the maybe standard model of going and seeing a physical therapist where you go to their, you know, brick and mortar location. What is the difference between what you offer as a mobile therapist and the more traditional model?
1: Yeah. So uh, I think most people are, like you're saying, familiar with the, they go to a clinic, They see a therapist for maybe 45 minutes. There's other people in the gym. What I do is, because it's purely mobile, is I go into people's homes and I take in the necessary equipment that I would need to help that person and just work with what they have, basically. Some people might be familiar with the term home health, and Mm -hmm. it's similar to home health in that, yes, I'm going to someone's home, but other than that, it's completely different as far as people in home health have to be considered homebound, Like they're not allowed to leave their house. They're usually very low functioning because a lot of times they just got out of the hospital. But what I do is I go in to their home because it's more convenient for them. Like how annoying is it to go drive 20 minutes, wait in a waiting room, for someone to come get you and then that kind of thing or some people just don't have rides and so that's where I can go in and go to their house so yeah and I've found out that through my experience of working in the clinic a lot of people to get better they don't need a lot of fancy equipment the things that I found that make them better are one what what am I doing hands on with them which I can do in their home and two what are they doing when I'm not seeing them, like their homework, which they need to be doing in their home. So both of those things lined up with, I can just go to their house and do a lot of this. Now, that model isn't necessarily the right model for everyone. There are still certain situations where I would say, you need to go to a clinic, you know, with this specific machinery, maybe. But for a lot of people, for what I see, they don't need that stuff. So I just go to their house and meet them where they're at, I guess.
0: Very cool, I love that. So where do you see your business in the next five years?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It's a good question because I kind of don't know, but I do know that it will probably be one of two options. One option where I see myself in five years is pretty much exactly where I'm at of keeping it just me, me being the only therapist and doing all the stuff because I've toyed with the idea of, well, if I add more people, isn't that going to make my life a little bit harder? And didn't I start this for a better work-life balance? That kind of thing. So one avenue I do see is just keeping it just me, but probably being more full, like having a very full schedule and kind of being there being a waiting list type of thing. Yeah. And then the other avenue I could see is hiring some people, finding a few physical therapists that want to team up with me and being their boss, which sounds so weird, (laughs) but yeah. So if that were the case, I would fill up their schedules and then my schedule would kind of be the buffer of if they get too full, then I'll take on some mm-hmm. of their patients. And then if they start, if they start having a lower schedule, then I'll move people over to them type of thing. Mm-hmm. So those are the two avenues I foresee in the future.
0: It's, well, it sounds like you've already thought through positioning yourself and some strategies with both of those options. And so I, I love that. One thing that I've noticed from the beginning of our conversations about your business is that you really, you're really thoughtful and you, how do I put it? You, you really are reflective on, on what you've done, like how you've gotten to this point from your finances to why you're doing what you're doing to what could be done in the future. Right. And, and so I just threw out a simple question of where, where would you like to be in five years? And you said, Hey, there's these two, you know, a watershed point at some point where I'm going to need to decide, do I want to stay as like a solo project or would I like to continue to scale and grow this? Company? Yeah, I think what you'll see today is we can position you with a couple of different business strategies in mind to be ready to continue as a solo owner and operator or be positioned to be able to scale and not have it add as much time into your schedule or eat up that. Uh, some of that flexibility that you love about being your own boss right now. Mm-hmm. And so I have one more question for you before we dive into our infinite challenge here together. But what are the three, up to three, of your biggest problems that you currently face in your business?
1: Yeah. I would say the biggest problem I face, well, really, I think most of the problems kind of build off of this main problem, which is having to navigate the slow times and the really busy times like it's been an adjustment to figure out how to well, what do i do when i don't really have many patients on my schedule because the whole point of physical therapy is that i get them better so they don't need me anymore like that's my goal and hopefully that's yeah. <laughs> that's everybody's goal with physical therapy so having to navigate okay i i was really full but now all these people kind of graduated And I'm ready for more people. And, you know, just this constant up and down. And that can kind of be unnerving as far as financially. You're like, oh, no, I gotta, you know, pay the bills and stuff. So that's the main one. But then I feel like my other problems kind of relate to that. So also what I found is that when I'm in those slow times, I've had a challenge of marketing, like getting the word out about my business. Because I'm worried that if I get the word out too much, I will kind of get too many referrals and I'll have to turn people away. And no. I don't, you know, turning people away is bad for business in general, right? Mm-hmm. And if you turn someone away, they're never going to want to come back or, or that doctor is going to be like, well, don't, don't send someone to Sarah. She can't take them, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, my other challenge is a balance of when I market, how do I, do that so I don't get overloaded. Because like I said, I'm not sure if I want to split yet and hire more people. And I feel like if I really went out and did a lot of marketing, I would be forced to do that when maybe I'm not ready to do that yet. And then my last challenge, it kind of relates to everything, which is how do I get the word out effectively? Because this model of physical therapy is kind of new and is kind of different and even the people that I've seen they after the first visit they're kind of like oh you know they get it but even going into it they're very wary because they're like this sounds really weird or don't I need a lot of equipment and I think that even especially doctors or other people hearing about it they just probably don't understand and they don't think that it would be an effective or a good service and so how to get the word out effectively and kind of get my point across without being too effective which sounds bad I feel like <laughs> people people will be like why would you say that don't you want like that I'm kind of like no I need to I need to grow at a slow pace I guess I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah no, that's those a- are
1: yeah those are my I think my challenges right now, my biggest challenges.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing it. And I think those are very tangible challenges, right? I'm not surprised, Sarah, that you just provided three well thought out challenges that are all connected, right? And of course, it's connected because it's your business. So each challenge, you know, no matter what the business is, whatever challenges they face, it's all connected because there's that thread of, hey, Sarah Ellis is the one running the show and is trying to figure out how to manage the ups and downs and lead generation and, you know, marketing materials that really, I think what I'm hearing you say is, is niche down on maybe things that you specialize in to ensure that you're spending your time on, on the stuff that you specialize in or enjoy or could really own, right? Instead of a, a big blanket net where potentially lots of leads are coming through. And so we can address those challenges together and we're going to address them with the three strategies that I have for us lined up today. And so not only do I believe that we can increase your profits, I'm confident that we can also address that management of your leads and what to do with them at the same time. And so prior to this interview, uh, I've said a couple times you submitted some ballpark financials so that we would have a starting place for the infinite challenge here today. This is uh, your current Revenue, which you provided beforehand and your current profits as well. And so the first strategy that I would like to talk with you about and like I'd like to dive into together is something called a market dominating position or an MDP. Are you familiar with that? Have you heard of this term? No, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. So a market dominating position is a lot like a unique selling proposition or your positioning within your market. And so you might be unique, you might be different, but it won't matter to your prospects unless you address a hot button issue for them. And so this is a distinctive advantage targeting the hot button issues within your market. And so this is the foundational element to marketing. This is the key to ensuring that the people that you would like to have I almost said walk through your door, but the people whose door you would like to walk through at some point are the exact people who are responding to the marketing materials that you put together. And you actually have a lot of power and a lot of ability to frame who your clientele is and whether or not they respond to you. And so a powerful market dominating position has been known to increase a business's revenue as much as fifty to seventy-five percent. For example, there could be a real estate agent who guarantees to sell the your house within twenty-nine days or they sell it for free. Right? That's something that's unique. You perk your ears. And you know, maybe the last year or two, that's not as impressive. Hey, I can sell your house <laughs> in twenty-nine days or less. But it's, it's something that's unique, right? It's not just, hey, I I sell homes, let me know if you Ever want to sell it, right? <laughs> That's you go, okay, well, there they're a dime a dozen out there, yeah. right? Yeah. I think you're sitting in a unique position where the title of what you do is already unique, right? It's it already portrays something different. And so I have some questions that I would like to ask you. And like I said, I'll be looking over here at this screen. So it's not because I can't hear anything. What benefits do you offer to your target market that separates you from all of your competitors?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the main benefit is that I come to them. I'm mobile. I mean, I don't honestly have many competitors that are mobile, so I'm. I guess I'm comparing myself to non-mobile physical therapy. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like the main thing is that I save them time, I save them money, gas money, and just being in that system. I know that I also give them more one-on-one time so I'm giving them a longer therapy session and the reliability of I will see Sarah every time rather than when you go to a clinic sometimes you don't know who you're going to see that day and that can be frustrating and that can honestly impact how fast someone gets better so those are the things that I think set me apart
0: I think those are great I think you hit the nail right on the head there So are those benefits this, you know, mobility, I I come to you, I'm in my mobility, I come and I help you become more mobile, right? But you come to them, you save them time, you save them commuting costs, that's time and money, right? Mm -hmm. And one-on-one, a lot more one-on-one attention and you're guaranteeing, hey, you're going to get interaction with me every time. So it's not just me looking at a report saying all right this is what you need to do or this is what you've done or this is what the last therapist said but it's you showing up asking you know catching up on the interpersonal connections you probably made over time and continuing to build that rapport so are those buttons based on the hot buttons of your prospects right they have a problem that they don't want and then there's results that they're looking for but they don't currently have
1: besides the other fact of why anybody would go to physical therapy you know like Yep. I do want to also seek out people that are, hey, I'm having this pain that no one else mm-hmm. has been able to fix. And I'm like, hey, give me a shot at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. I would say,
1: yeah, those other things are the hot buttons. Is that what you called it?
0: Nailed it. Yeah, that's okay. what I call it. <laughs> so, yes. And then in addition, you're open to, uh, I like what you just said, the challenges of challenges of tried something and it didn't work Mm -hmm. didn't or hasn't worked
1: yeah i've actually seen several of those people recently that you know i like the challenge and hey sometimes you just need to switch up what you're doing
0: yeah that's awesome i love that so if you could create an mdp or a market dominating position that addresses both the problems of your clients their, you know, maybe inability to leave the home or unable to leave the home, kind of like you said, as well as their need for physical therapy and that the results that you not only address their problems, but, it, you know, you provide results by helping them become mobile or recover or get back to where they were before. By what percentage do you think a clear thing could influence your current revenue or profits?
1: That's a good question. By what percentage could it increase, I think? I think that it could increase at least, I would say, 40%.
0: I'd agree with that. I I think really, really clear positioning ensures that the leads that are reaching out to you are super motivated and, and ready to work and are aligned with your business strategy and what you would like to do and what you offer. For the sake of being super conservative, because I never, ever want to over-promise and then under-deliver, I'd like to keep it at 10% just for this exercise, because what we're going to see is as we go through each strategy, there's a compounding effect of percentage increases across the board with these strategies. And I don't want us to be like, oh, those numbers sound astronomical. Yeah. I think we could definitely create something that helps clearly communicate everything that you've just expressed in the last, you know, 10 minutes as we've been drawing this out in a real clear, concise manner. And somebody goes, that's what I need, right? So I'm going to do 10% just to keep us conservative. That and sounds so- great. If I were to walk through your business, and it's funny because you don't have any employees, but if I were to walk through your business or speak with people who have worked with you previously and I said, Hey, what, what is, you know, what is ICT physical therapy's market dominating position? I'd maybe word it in a different way. What does Sarah do that's different than any other physical therapy processes or, or people that you work with? would I get the same answer as what you've just expressed for this market dominating position?
1: I think you actually would. I think you would. Okay. Yeah. If you talked with, if you talked with the people that I've seen, they just because they have told me those things to me, like at the end of our time together, they've expressed those things and then they've said, you know, I'm coming or (laughs) well, I'm not coming back to you, but, You'll come back to yeah. me, right? Next time that yeah. I need you, and I'm like, yeah, sure.
0: I love that. That that creates not just that one time prospect becoming a client and a of yours, but it's a it, it's a you know rotating door. If they were to run into something else or needed help with even some preventative stuff, you're you're immediately right. Oh, Sarah, will come to me, right? I can. She she knows my story. She she ha- we have this shared history. I love I love that. And so. Do you think if you could articulate your unique benefit in a single sentence and have you, yourself, your marketing materials and prior clients be able to speak that and share that clearly, do you think that would increase growth within your business? And if so, by what percent do you think? It would?
1: Yes, I definitely think that could. And I do like how you said one sentence because sometimes I think that's all people can kind of focus on so I like yeah clear yep. concise one sentence and I do like the idea of having some of my past, past patients do that what percent I don't know Cody <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with at least 10% hey I, I, I like, like that <laughs> I like what we said earlier but no I do think that 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 is how because so far I've seen the growth that I have had in my business has been almost all word of mouth. And so it's one of the people that I've seen has told their mom, their neighbor, their friend, you know? So it, I think that is an, a very effective way of how growth has happened and how it will happen is by that person saying, this is what she does type of thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think if you have a strong, so you have your market dominating position, right? And then you have a market dominating position statement, right? So your positioning is really your whole business, right? What you do is unique. But being able to clearly communicate it in one sense, it's almost like an elevator pitch. And if you're saying it to your clients, your material, say it, your website has it clearly stated, your you know social media presence has that woven into the fabric of what it is, then what you do is you find out, oh, my clients not only are talking about what I do, but they're using the exact statement that I've written that, that positions me, that creates that moat between me and the rest of my competitors, if you will. And so then you have almost like walking advertisements <laughs> that are clearly communicating exactly what you would communicate if you were the one standing in the room sharing. And so, and potentially with just as much pat if they're prior clients who have, you know, are jumping and skipping about now <laughs> as a result. And so Sarah, just with one strategy that we looked at here together, and I forced your hand to be really conservative, we've been able to increase your total profit by 20%. And so uh, again, I'll be able to send this to you after the fact, and, and you'll see it a little more clearly. So we're taking your current revenue, the expected increase in revenue is 10k just by those to, well, I guess it's one strategy with those two impact areas, which now has a new annual gross revenue projection of 60K. And because you have such low overhead, not just because you're mobile, but because your cost of goods sold, there's not really an increase or an uptake in those costs. A significant portion of that is going directly into your pocket. And so the new annual profit anticipation that you can anticipate with this strategy implemented is just under 50K. And so that's awesome. What could another 10K do for you, Sarah, this year?
1: Well, for most of the year, I have been doing another side job while I've been building up this business. So that would allow me to stop that side job and focus completely yeah. on the sun.
0: And I should have, I should have asked that earlier if whether or not this was your full time gig or if you have some other things that you're doing. And so would you say you would, desire to have this be your full-time
1: yes 100 percent. that's okay definitely my goal
0: okay awesome great sorry go ahead. you're great so my next strategy that i'd like to look at together is really simple it's trust expertise and education it's right in line with a foundation that we just looked at a market dominating position so you have your mdp that we've talked about incorporating and implementing that says hey here's how i'm different and then with that MDP and your education and the things that you care about and your specialty, you can build trust, you can show your expertise, and you can educate potential clients. And so we now understand that people want to do business with experts, right? Not those who are just the same as everybody else, right? I don't want to go get my tooth pulled by somebody who has <laughs> no idea what they're doing. It might make for great content and a funny story to tell, <laughs> tell later Listen, I got a tattoo from somebody who had no idea what they were doing and you could tell compared to my other tattoos. So expert positioning leads to trust and trust leads to increased sales. Here's an example. If a business coach comes to you and says, hey, sure, I can help you grow your business. Trust me. Are you more apt to believe them or would you rather place your trust in a coach that would take the time to ask you a series of penetrating questions that cause you to think about the status of your business because they're an expert? Right. There's, yeah. you would want, you would want to work with somebody who's going to ask the questions beyond the questions. Yeah. Who's going to draw out your expertise and your own knowledge, right? To help better build a business that of your dreams that you'd like in the future.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And so it's the same in your business, right? You build trust by being the educator for your market and positioning yourself as the expert. And so I have some questions just to ask you Does your market trust you?
1: Does my market trust me?
0: So in the physical therapist marketplace mm-hmm. here in Wichita, Kansas and the yeah. surrounding areas, does does the marketplace trust you? <laughs> it's not a trick question. I, Whatever you
1: <laughs> I know. I think I mean it's a tricky question. So I would say probably no, because they're skeptical, but once I see people then yes of course they do but it's kind of like making yep. that jump over that this is so this is different from the normal and so i think that they don't really trust that this could help them or that you could see results with this to be honest
0: yeah that's great i think anytime something new or different comes about, there's a building of trust in an education process that your biggest way to educate is to actually have a client walk through with you in their own house what you would do, right? Yeah. But there's other creative ways that you can position yourself prior to that, right? So that there is this trust within the marketplace. There is this trust within wherever you're getting your leads from, if it's word of mouth or from you know doctors that you have connections with or whatever it is. And so do you have a supply of customer testimonials, success stories or endorsements that are very measurable.
1: I do have some testimonials.
0: Measurable?
1: I What do you mean by that?
0: So are 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 you capturing quantifiable, not just the qualitative side of stuff, are you capturing quantifiable data in those follow-ups? And so is it are you if they're testimonials, is it a video or is it somebody wrote something out? And then do you have prompts that ask for a clear explanation of what they experienced, of what they, what was treated, of what it was like before they met with Sarah versus after, right? So that you have this, if you, if an arsenal, if you will, of, of, you know, testimonials that say, hey, prior to working with ict physical therapy here's my ailment here's what happened it took this many weeks and now i'm skipping about a photo or video of them clicking their heels together yeah. right that's what i mean by is it measurable right i get the qualitative side like i love sarah she's yeah. so helpful okay. I, I i feel great now but that's good yeah and that's that's sort of like the I should hope so side of things, right? I saw a physical therapist and now I feel better. Well, I should hope so, right? But I think it's it's the way that you're doing it and it's the measurables that you're able to provide that I think also would help position you in building that trust and the expertise. So when you're capturing those testimonials or those reviews, do you have something in place that's helping get those kinds of answers?
1: I see what you're saying. No, that's a good point. I should implement that. When it just so happens that the people that have left reviews have left those details. I didn't ask them awesome. to do that. <laughs> I'd say like most of the people that have left reviews have been pretty detailed like that. But that does make sense that I would, I should develop something to kind of guide them in their review. Because you're right, you, you know, it. I do appreciate the people that are like, oh, I love Sarah. She's great. But that didn't really help my back pain, right? right. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not that Sarah was so nice, and yeah. all of a sudden your back your back feels better. Well, no, that's she actually how I treat people, Cody. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> that that is a part of it, but believe me, I understand the you know bedside manner, yeah, yeah. the the healthy. That's a huge part of it. it. You don't want somebody grumpy. All right, now do this, yeah, right? No, so, I'm kidding. <laughs> and so, do you have a system? right? So we said, hey, do you have a supply of customer testimonials? You said, yeah, you're gathering them. And you may have already answered this, but we're just going to read through it because the system asked me to. But do you have a system in place for soliciting and capturing testimonials or success stories on an ongoing basis?
1: No, nope. the The way that I've gotten the testimonials I've had is just I reach out to the person that has finished therapy and I ask them, could you give me a review? But that's it's not like a regular predictable system. It's just yep. when I remember, I guess.
0: Sure. So you're personally taking your time. Yeah. Taking time to follow up and get a. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. What would be the impact if you created and followed a system to systematically capture and use testimonials or success stories or endorsements to build trust within your market? So this isn't the, we're not at a percentage question yet, <laughs> oh, good. but what what do you think? There's a few of those <laughs> in here, but what do you think would be the impact if you had a system? It could be automated. It could be something that you personally spend time on, but you know, hey, every client when they're at, you know, the the mountaintop of everything feels great. And still in that moment, what do you think would be the impact if you're able to capture testimonies in that moment?
1: Yeah, I do think that would be very important. Because like I said, I can attribute a lot of the growth that I have had this year to people telling other people. And it would be great to have a way to capture that and to I don't know, use those testimonials more. So yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: Absolutely. To what extent have you positioned yourself as the expert? For example, have you written a book, partner with respected figures, run workshops, either online or offline?
1: I've actually done a little bit of that. I pretty much developed this conference this past year because one of the fields that I do treat are little babies. And so I developed this okay. conference for moms where a bunch of different medical professionals spoke. And it kind of gave women, moms and the community resources on who to go to if they had this issue. And so I did get my name out there for that. I would say in the other fields that I treat, I haven't really promoted myself as the expert, I sure. guess. <laughs>
0: But that's one, that's one niche where you're already building that trust beyond, I don't want to say just treating because that's literally what you're doing. I don't mean it by just treating, but beyond your actual client interactions, you've, you've already started to develop an expert or presenting yourself as an expert in an area and willing to collaborate and bring people together. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. On a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the best. How good of a job do you do at communicating your expertise so that your company is more highly valued by prospects? This is a safe space.
1: I would say seven. Seven? I feel like huh? I'm okay at it, but not great. At that.
0: That's that's great. I I think I've learned more about mobile physical therapy and... Not just this time, but in the emails and and reading through your materials online than I would have ever guessed. Oh, great. Seven. So now on to the percentage question. Uh What impact do you think we should expect in this area if you were able to increase your trust, expertise, and education presence in Wichita?
1: Are we talking revenue again or
0: percentage? Mm -hmm. Yeah, percentage of revenue.
1: I mean, that's where I kind of originally gave the 40% thing because I'm kind of thinking in my mind, how many more people could I accept at this point or that kind of thing or looking at my past year. And I I really do think that because that's what has helped me grow and if I really get that piece down, that could make the difference of like up to 40% of my whole year as far as like filling that up more. And yeah, so somewhere between 10 and 40%. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, average my past numbers.
0: <laughs> that's great. How about we slap a solid 20 in there? Would Perfect. you feel comfortable I love that. with that? Awesome. Great. Me too. And I agree with you. I think, you know, off the record software aside, I think 40% in a market dominating position with a clear statement and then developing the trust and expertise and education side of what you do. I think easily both of those combined could be at least 40. And so I, I agree with your assessment there and, and the power of those strategies being implemented into your business. Well, hey, listen, we are two strategies in. And again, I know it's a little small, but the total profit impact here we see is a forty-three percent growth. And so it's taking your numbers to an expected increase in revenue of just under twenty-one or twenty-two thousand dollars. And so between the market dominating position with a twenty percent increase, the trust expertise education with a twenty percent increase, we're looking at a new annual profit of fifty-eight K, just over fifty-eight. Okay. And again, that's because of your overheads and your cost against being so low, that's going directly into Sarah's pocket. That's pretty awesome. We have one more strategy. And I think that this strategy is something that can help with those challenge and those pain points that you mentioned of how do you deal with too high of an influx of potential clients? How do I, how do I, you know, continue to keep my business in? And my brand and, you know, the good positioning with people who are even sending me leads. I think the way that you do that is by increasing your alliances and joint ventures. And so instead of competing against people, I think there's plenty of room in what you're doing from what you've expressed, maybe even plenty of interest to be able to have another mobile PT that you trust. And that you could build rapport with be a place that you guys could share, you know, resources or or share clients, right? Or maybe there's someone else who isn't mobile, but they specialize in something that you don't. And so then instead of saying, Hey, well, I don't treat this or I, you know, whatever it is, whatever your preference is, you could set up a joint venture with somebody else that where there's an agreement. Hey, when I get prospects, especially when I'm full, but when I get prospects that need this, I'd I'd like to send them to you. And so you could work out an arrangement there that that helps increase their bottom line while also allowing you to say, hey, I I don't, but here, let me say, or I'm not able to at this time or whatever it is. Business can form alliances or joint ventures with a number of different entities besides the non-competing businesses. Customers, vendors, and sales professionals could be harnessed in order to make your business more money in a shorter timeframe. You can play off the assets, the expended energy, the time and the goodwill of another business in a manner that benefits you both. Examples would be like if a wedding planner established some joint ventures with a photographer, a florist, a reception hall, and a videographer, right? All of them benefit from that rising tide of connections to each other. And then they could even package together pricing options that allows all of them to work together and see their bottom line grow when they maybe would have lost somebody due to their own individual pricing strategies. So on average, companies that focus on creating joint ventures will see around 25% of their revenue coming from their partners, which is pretty crazy. So you discussed, or you had mentioned earlier, how do I market effectively? I think when you have a strong market-dominating position and you've established your trustworthy, your knowledge, and your expertise, then what happens is your clients, the people you're JV'd with are out and they're your evangelist, so to speak, and sharing the good news about what Sarah is able to provide. And by the way, she comes by your home and does it, right? So how many alliances or joint ventures do you currently have with other businesses or services?
1: I would say several unofficially. You know, I definitely have met up with several physical therapists that treat things that I don't treat and I've definitely told them hey I will send people to you and I have where if it's you know and I have had a few of those in return I I would say in the physical therapy world I have several outside of the physical therapy world not a ton yeah so I don't have a good number for you less than 10
0: great What products or services do people normally buy before, during, or after they do business with you?
1: Hmm. Before, during, or after? I mean, I think that a lot of people buy some exercise equipment before, during, and after, like... You know, just weights or exercise bands. And depending on why they're getting therapy, some people would buy like a walker or a cane or crutches or something like that. Shoes. I mean, shoes tend to be a big one. A lot of people always want me to look at their shoes and give them advice on their shoes. So those are the main things I can think of off the top of my head. Okay.
0: Yeah, those are great answers. If you could form an alliance with one or more of the businesses that provide those products or services in question two, what impact do you think that would have their referrals have on your sales? I think it would yeah, your revenue. Yeah.
1: I think it would have an impact, but probably not as much as the other I don't I don't know why. My gut just tells me it would help, but maybe not as much as the other one. So let's say ten percent. Less than two percent. I don't know.
0: Let's do seven then. Okay. Are you good with that? Good. I don't want to. I don't want to put percents on you. Yeah. Would it be possible for you to add one joint venture partner per month to enhance your lead generation?
1: I think so. I mean, that sounds reasonable.
0: So, what would be the financial impact if you became a joint venture partner for a synergistic product, which is just a fancy way to say a product that? people use before, during, or after they meet with you or service uh, and you made a commission for each sale that you referred to them. So let's say somebody goes, Hey, I need new shoes or I need this equipment. And again, it's needs, right? And so you go, Hey, this is, if it's something that's a real value add to their life and you really believed in the value add in that product, it's not a sales pitch, but it's a, Hey, to continue down this path or to continue to grow or to continue or to get back to where you want to be or to, you know, to achieve these goals, this specific product I believe in, right? What percent do you think that that could increase? Cause then it's not just you're getting a client, but you're getting a commission off of the sale of that product.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I have literally no idea <laughs> because I haven't, it- I haven't done that, you know, so I, I don't even yeah. know what to guess or estimate. It's hard because I feel like a lot of people shop on the US and I don't, you know, Yeah, I've looked into being an Amazon affiliate, but yeah, that's not working. Anyways.
0: That's for a different podcast. Yeah, right? We'll save that for another podcast. Though. I
1: don't. Yeah. I I have no idea what, what number to guess. I'll leave it up to your expect, ex, esper,
0: expertise
1: I- and your expectations.
0: Uh- <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. For now, let's just do 3%. Okay.
1: Yeah. I was going to say Did you like, feel comfortable yeah, with that? Yeah. I was going to say probably something very low.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, hey, listen, we got through three different strategies together and there are strategies that can be implemented with just a little bit of time and a little bit of focus here. I'm going to share my screen one last time so you can see it. We looked at just three different strategies with varying degrees of, of percentage increase to um, what you're already doing, which by the way, you're a business owner. That's awesome. So I always want to reiterate that with people like me with, Hey, you're doing it. You've, you've created something, it's your own and you're really moving forward with it. And so I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And so with these three strategies, if they were implemented, you could see a, uh, increase to your revenue, which would have a new annual profit at $63,304, which is pretty awesome. That's without adding any money to marketing and advertising. You have a website already that you could implement some of the stuff when you have social media, you have some connections already that would be great for alliances and joint ventures Something a little more formal than just a handshake or a wave as you pass by. And so, Sarah, we made some pretty significant breakthroughs, I think. They're here. Which strategies were you most surprised by?
1: I mean, I don't know if surprised, but I think that the one that stuck out to me that I feel like I should do something with that is the second one, more about the getting, you know, the testimonials, that kind of thing down better because yeah just looking at the past of how my business has come along it's like i do need to that's the one that sticks out that i think i need to focus on first i think
0: (laughs) absolutely i think that's a great one so you had mentioned one of the challenges is being able to handle um lead influx in and out of leads being able to manage how to market well how would what we uncovered today change this concern for you if at all
1: i think that it would change it to more of less downs more ups i would still probably have the concern of oh i'm getting all these people what do i do with them which isn't yeah. A lot of people would be like, that's a good concern. You know, everybody always says that. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, but yes, yeah, <laughs> so I think it would give me more stability and predictability in my patient load and my revenue, essentially.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Sarah, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining me today and opening your business up to myself and to our viewers and listeners. I hope that the breakthroughs we discovered were beneficial to you. And I'm certain that once they're implemented, will have an infinite impact on your profits. And to everybody watching and listening, please make sure to like, and subscribe. You will not want to miss next week's episode where we will help another business find strategies guaranteed to infinitely increase their bottom line. Until then, this is Cody Hill and to your success.